Thank you for tuning in to the best parenting show on the internet. Post Daily Dose. Hey guys, hope everybody's doing well. Uh, happy Monday. Uh, just another manic Monday. So there we go, my effort. Hey, and it's uh, September 21st, so I should sing that song too, right? Do you remember? Anyway, uh, this is Christy Saul, the co-founder of the Post Institute, coming at you live. I uh, just got a message from Brian that he wasn't going to be able to do our Post Daily Dose. So I am uh, filling in for him. And um, so I just grabbed grabbed my, test, my, my trusty book from Fear to Love. If you guys don't have this book, I strongly encourage it. And in our free book offer, it's free, just pay shipping and handling. You get bonuses. So um, the book is free, just pay shipping and handling, $7.95 in the U.S., I believe. And you also get an audio version. Brian is the reader of the audio version. And then there's another uh, pretty awesome podcast that comes with that. So I strongly encourage, and the link is in the description of tonight's uh, Post Daily Dose. So, um, you know, um, shoot, I've just been so busy um, parenting, to be honest with you, parenting. And uh, we've had some medical issues in the last week. So this, uh, this weekend and today has sort of been just recovering. So I decided since Brian messaged that I would just pull out my favorite book <laughs> from Fear to Love, my favorite book in regards to helping us understand the impact of trauma and what we can do as parents. And so I pulled up in the book to chapter three and I'm just gonna read a little bit. Um, I'm gonna hit some of the highlights, um, but I think there's just some really good there's some really, really good nuggets in this, and um, I can't tell you how often I have parents ask me, is this trauma-related or is this something else? And this chapter really reminds us to never underestimate the role of trauma. Um, and just to sort of speak to that real briefly, um, as I mentioned some medical things, um, we ended up back at a hospital that we had been at several times when my daughter was much younger. And for both of us, it brought up lots of very interesting emotions and uh, memories. And so um, never underestimate the impact of trauma and you never know. You never know what could be the trigger. Um, and especially when you're talking about pre-birth to about age three, four, five, those formative years when the brain is developing, it's like the brain is really, it develops in this way to incorporate the trauma because as far as the brain knows, this is life and it has to figure out how to live in the environment that it's experiencing. And so, you know, it's it's really kind of like perfect biology. The difficulty is that then when we're no longer in those situations and yet our mind-body system is completely wired and prepared for that life, then, you know, it just doesn't match up and that's when things get more complex and confusing. So um, when parents ask me that, usually what they're kind of asking in a roundabout way is, so with this behavior, I can just parent like normal parenting instead of trauma-informed parenting because this is just a child, regular child behavior versus a trauma-related behavior. And the reality is no. <laughs> I mean, I'll just be uh, kind of straightforward about that. Um, 
Trauma-informed parenting is effective parenting for most kids, regardless of whether or not they have experienced a, a, a history of trauma. This model of parenting, being mindful, being attuned, being emotionally present, being attentive to your child, being attuned to their needs, it, being in relationship uh, is effective regardless of what the behavior is. And so um, I just wanted to kind of throw all that out there real quick. And then I'm going to just read a little bit to you guys. And then, you know, if anybody has thoughts, questions, opinions, ideas that they want to throw in, I can, I have a new, I have a new gadget. Um, I've actually got this holder and I've got one of those fancy lights. So I feel like, um, I feel like there's kids, you know, who do all those great social media videos and things like that. So anyway, I'll just jump right in. Um, this is chapter three of From Fear to Love. Don't under underestimate the role of trauma. Trauma is any stressful event that is prolonged, overwhelming, or unpredictable. And when that event continues unexpressed, unprocessed, and misunderstood, it becomes long-term trauma. Um, he goes on to talk about a couple of books, one by Mitch Gaynor, Sounds of Healing, another by Thomas Verney, The Secret Life of the Unborn Child, where they talk about uh, like as early as the second trimester, the fetus can already think about what's going on inside and outside of the womb. That's pretty significant, isn't it? It's pretty significant when you start finding out what's really going on in the womb during development. I think that we're going to be finding out and are finding out, I need to do some more reading, but we're going to be finding out that the whim experience really does set the stage. It sets the stage for um, so many blueprints that are going to be in place for the lifespan. Many adoptive parents discount the birth process's impact on their adopted child. This is a mistake. Often the birth process is traumatic simply because the child has been separated from his or her biological mother. Don't forget that this baby has heard his mother's heartbeat, heard her voice, smelled her scent for nine consecutive months. And not just nine months, nine consecutive months, like we think of nine consecutive months. Nine consecutive months, and this is how I explain it when I do book study. Nine consecutive months like this. Nine consecutive months, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, where that is all that you experience, that's all that the fetus experiences is what's happening in their little world of the womb. They don't get interruptions. They don't get to come out and go play and go see friends and do the things that we do. They are in there nine months, 24-7, with absolute no interruption of the experience of being in the womb. And again, it's perfect biology. Uh, Dr. Marcy Axness says the baby's brain is being developed for the world that it will be born to, meaning the world of the mother. So it's really important that we understand that and give um, a lot of, of understanding and credit to that experience. Um, so suddenly everything familiar is gone and will never be there again. When an adopted child is taken away from his or her biological mother, a grief reaction is created within the baby's mind-body system, and the physiology is disrupted in many ways. This is so significant about grief and neurophysiological disruption of the brain and body system. How many babies have an opportunity to express, process, and understand trauma? Not many. They might cry, but that's hardly processing and understanding it, is it? 
As the adopted child gets older, the grieving and longing process for the biological parent might continue to be unintentionally downplayed by the adoptive parents. Typically, adoptive parents will view their adopted child's grief or longing for their biological parent as some parental shortcoming on their part. This is yet another error in judgment and reflects more the parent's own insecurities and fear than anything else. Think about what you are feeling regarding your child's grief and loss of the biological parent. Does it make you feel guilty, sad, or angry? Typically, there's an abundance of mixed feelings, but all arise from your own fear. As you accept your own feelings, give your child permission to do the same. It's best to simply say, honey, I understand why you would feel that way. Or it's very natural to have those feelings. I'll bet they're really sad ones. Give your child permission to grieve. Hold her tight as she cries and asks questions. You don't have to know any or all the answers. Just listen, support, and encourage them to keep talking. Encourage them to keep processing. Encourage them to keep letting those feelings out, to let them be heard. You know, what we know is um, upset emotions buried alive come back as something bigger. I think that was a Freudian quote that has then been used also by, hmm, I can't remember, my brain just went a little, see, that's why I got the book out today. <laughs> so, you don't have to know any or all the answers, just listen, support, and encourage her to keep talking. This is the first part of allowing grief to happen. When the grieving process can finally begin, it will work itself through in time, and your adopted child can heal and fully allow you to love her without resistance. Now, I want to add to that when Brian talks about over time, the feeling and the experiences that I have is just like we rework things. Like, um, you know, you have an experience and you kind of sort through it a little bit. And then later you might be talking to a friend and you sort of sort through it again. And then maybe a few years go by and something comes up that reminds you of that or triggers your experience. And so then you reprocess it again. Well, the same thing happens often with children and often it happens with different milestones. So as they have different milestones and experience different levels of emotional maturity, different kinds of relationships, and just have different experiences in the world, they will often reprocess and ask those questions again or, or even experience it and process it at a deeper level. So always staying open to whatever their emotional experience is surrounding their life is extremely important and valuable. And just sort of holding that space within yourself of acceptance, um, you know, he just so, so lightly touches on the anxiety and fear that often birth parents experience. And, you know, they feel that anxiety and that fear. And oftentimes we can inadvertently encourage them not to process. Uh, inadvertently, we can sort of, in fact, you know, we can say things like, but aren't you glad you're here now? Um, I've heard it said adoption is, you know, it's one of those very complex, it's just very complex, and we have to honor the complexity of the entire process. You know, um, in a microcosm, and I don't think it happens like this very often, but in a microcosm reality, 
a child is leaving one situation where people are grieving the loss and then moving into another celebrate another situation where they're celebrating the child coming in. And so can you just imagine what it would feel like? Could you imagine, you know, just what it would feel like to say, you know, you've just, let's just say you were just at a funeral for your spouse. And so you're grieving your spouse, you know, maybe somebody you were married to for like 25 years, your whole life was connected to them and immediately going into um, a birthday party where they're celebrating you and you're supposed to be happy because, you know, you don't want to be the one to spoil the party. And so we really, um, sometimes we, we aren't always as attuned to the child's experience as what we need to be. And so um, this book right here is a great book. There's way more in this chapter, but I think I've done well in, in just touching on it and inviting you guys to, um, to give these things thought. Give thought, contemplative, loving thought to the heart of your adopted child, no matter their age. Um, my mom is an adoptee who is in her 70s, and she still wonders about her birth mother. She still wonders about the story of why she made the decision to um, have her adopted. So, um, you know, the questions that adoptees have, you know, they often linger on. Um, for long, long times. And the more that we can just have that, you know, I just think of it like uh, in our heart, if we can just sort of wrap them around, wrap them in this blanket of love and understanding and that if we can just kind of breathe in peace and trust that by us allowing them to have their feelings, we are building the relationship that we are going to need to have for, for the rest of their lives. And so, oh, Gail, that, oh my gosh, I don't think I've ever gotten stars. So, in honor of Big Papa, I'm so thankful. We appreciate it. Actually, I'm going to tell you, um, when you guys uh, become supporters, we have a supporter program that's like, um, I think it's like $7 a month that is like auto-drafted. It's through Facebook. And when you give stars, actually, we just keep that in our Facebook account and soon we're going to be growing that and offering some great videos and it will help us be able to spread this message to more and more people. It'll help us donate books to folks who can't afford it. It'll help us attend free events and share this message. And so, Gail, thank you so much. And Carol, I appreciate that. This helps me to get inside their heart and mind. Yes. And that's really, you know, that's really what it's all about. What we always are talking about is... And it's not easy, so <laughs> please, please know. Like, I'm going to say something that sounds simple, but it's just, you know, it's like we take all these expectations of what we thought it was going to be like, and we may even have to process and grieve some of that because it's not like what we thought it was going to be. And then we have to take all of that and we set it aside. And then we just really get behind the mind and heart of our child. I when I when I'm talking sometimes I say crawl behind their lens. You know, sit in their space. Get back in touch with who they are as a person. Imagine how they're viewing the world. Imagine how they're experiencing the the relationships of family, the experience of school, the experiences of their peers. 
with all that they come into that with and know that it's complex. You know, this is, it's, it's a complex arena. It's a complex relationship. Um, and know that love wins. Love wins. So much love to you guys. Thanks for chatting it up with me today. Um, I think Brian will be back with us tomorrow. We love you guys. We appreciate you all. I hope you have a lovely evening. I hope that um, you guys can uh, finish up whatever your evening chores and meal are. And, you know, um, just find something, something that you can do where you can literally just enjoy your kids this evening. And I hope you make it a point to be able to do that every day. You know, 30 minutes to an hour of just playing and enjoying them you know that that's what we're here that's what we're all about anyway you know isn't that why we isn't that why we had kids so we could have fun again and so yeah let yourself have fun play more much love to you guys take care